When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I could not be more excited for this episode of TFL Talking Trucks. And that's because I am here, Andre. <laughs> yes, because Tommy is joining me. Well, yes, you're joining me for this episode, but uh, I'm super excited also because we're talking about spending a week or under a week, just under a week, with a brand new Ford F-150 Lightning electric truck. And we already put like 2,000 miles on it. In seven days. Yes. And for those of you out there, I do apologize. I am not Nathan. I am not nearly as entertaining or witty or good looking, but um, you'll have to deal with nerdy o me for this podcast because we're going over numbers. We're going over our experience with the all-electric Ford truck. Yes, exactly. So we were fortunate enough. I actually reserved the Lightning truck as soon as it was announced. Second one. Uh <laughs> uh, okay, maybe our one. First hour. Okay, first okay? hour. So we were fortunate enough. We uh, A lot of people helped us out from BrightonFord.com, Hannah at Ford PR. Uh, we had people at Village Ford helping us out in Dearborn. So we actually, uh, Roman and I flew to Dearborn. We picked this truck up and we cannonballed it almost <laughs> down to Colorado uh, on a road trip. But the question is, Andre, yes. did we get any special discounts no. No, no discounts. Do we pay over sticker? No. No. So uh, I just want to make that very clear to everybody watching. We did pay the full sticker price on our F-150 Lightning, which was... $80,700 approximately. I thought this was supposed to be a $39,000 truck. What happened? Oops. So he <laughs> here's what happened. Yes. So when it first came out, Ford announced that it's like $39,900, right? $39,900 yeah. for the pro model with a smaller battery and basic, basic truck. Well, when we were ordering the truck, we wanted to be first, right? That's because it's about news and it's about you guys who listen to our podcast, who watch our videos. And uh, we decided to get a few more options, uh, but three things we're trying to do. We wanted to be first, so we weren't sure exactly which truck is going to be built first. Yeah. We wanted to tow them a lot. Right. So for that, we had to get the extended range battery and maximum towing package, and we did that. Uh, and we wanted Blue Cruise because we kind of wanted the new technology, right? So when you say we, we wanted the truck first, do you think that the more expensive ones are being produced first? That's our, that was our guess. Okay. And that it seems guess. like if you go on the forums, like the people that, we, first of all, we weren't the first to take delivery. There were no. a bunch of deliveries. There were 200 people us. in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't think we were wave one even on production, right? Were we the second week? Mm -hmm. um, so, but it seems like the vast majority of the trucks that are being delivered are the high-end spec. Platinums. So I think that was a good guess you made there, Andre. 
So uh, ours is a Lariat. So we stepped up to the Lariat, got a few more options. The Blue Cruise is a new semi-autonomous driving technology. Yep. So we kind of really wanted that as well. Um, so, And you uh, have to get the Lariat to get the Blue Cruise? You know what? I don't remember, but, but it is an optional thing. Yeah. Um, and, but majority of the stuff we wanted, we wanted the bigger battery, more range, and maximum towing, which is 10,000 pounds. And now, after about, what, six or seven days with the truck, um, we can talk about everything we've done, right? Yeah, absolutely. Which is a lot. It's been a lot. So you've road tripped it. We've done max towing through the Rocky Mountains. Uh, I went to the drag strip with my dad yesterday. Um, we've charged it. We've compared it to um, gas and diesel vehicles. Yes. Uh, so we know what it's like on the price, range test, price-wise yes. and on a range test and on all that. And we charged an electric car with it. That was one of the cooler things. I don't know if people are going to be that interested in that, but that was pretty interesting. Yeah. So uh, so let's talk about all that. Also, Patreon.com. Uh-huh. Uh, you guys support us. Uh, sti- uh, still, thank you very much. So I wanted to call out a few names. And okay. then we have some questions if we can get to it near the middle of the show. That sounds wonderful. Um, so I want to thank Josh McIntyre once again for supporting us. Uh, Bobby Para. Matt V. Cherniavsky. Wow, very cool. Uh, I think I got it close. I, well, if anyone was to get it close, I think that would be you. <laughs> yes. And also ATXB, uh, that's the name. Thank you for supporting us. And we have several questions that we'll answer later. Uh, thank you. Uh, you can continue to support us and send us questions using patreon.com slash TFLcar. Oh, man, I was looking up the link and you beat me to it. Oh, you got it? Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if uh, if it was car or truck. But, yeah, so that's our it's TFL Studios. is patreon.com slash TFL car. And uh, without your support, we couldn't do the podcast and we couldn't make our uh, company work as it does. So thank you to everyone on Patreon. Yes. So where should we start? I mean, we mentioned the road trip already. Well, let's start with one question I have for you. Yes. How is Ford um, – how do I put this gently? How is Ford selling this truck at these – prices and still making a profit. Now, $80,000 is a huge amount of money for a truck. Yes. But when you consider that this truck is available in the 40s and the $50,000 with uh, these enormous battery packs that would typically in like a Lucid or in a Rivian or in a Tesla would cost you $90,000, $100,000, where is the business case on that? So thank you for <laughs> answer, uh, asking that. So I have some insight. Okay. I'm not, uh, I don't work for Ford, so I don't know everything. Yeah. <laughs> that they do. Uh, But here's the thing. First of all, this F-150 Lightning is largely based on a regular F-150. Okay. Um, And I'm talking about like the front frame section. It's a body on frame truck. Um, The rear frame is a little bit different because of the suspension. Um, It has the battery within the frame, so that's new. Uh, But it shares a lot of the components like the cab, like the bed construction, some of the interior components, steering wheel, all the switches, you know, all that stuff. Um, so it shares a lot of the components with the F-150, which is the best-selling pickup in America, right? So that helps them with economies of scale, mm. right? Because all of those components are already sourced out and available for them. But uh, during the debut of this truck, this was several months ago, uh, some of the Ford people were, they had a meet, you know, they had like a press meeting with journalists. Mm-hmm. And they were saying, somebody asked that exact question. Ford, are you making any money on the $40,000 Lightning? And Ford answered yes. It might be a very... They didn't say how much. 
It might be a one dollar. It might be four dollars. It might be a hundred dollars. Well, I'm just thinking about like what other EVs are forty thousand dollars. You have a whole line of kind of hatchbacks and crossovers like the ID4, um, Maki. Can you barely the Mach? No, I, I don't think you can get a Mach E for forty. I mean, right. it, that is even for fifty grand. I'm like, where is the business case? Now, here's my concern. Yes, is there a small part of you that is worried that that will be an option on the spec sheet, but is not a truck we're really going to see in the practical world? Like, maybe there's only going to be a few hundred forty thousand dollar trucks made, or do you think they're actually going to build that in high volume? Well, so I think all of the Lightnings right now are based on reservations. Sure. Right. So Ford said they have nearly 200,000 reservations. They're trying to boost production. Currently, it's being built at the Roosh facility in Michigan, near Dearborn, in Dearborn. And, uh, and I think if you ordered a pro F-150 Lightning... They can't switch your order can't, to Hilarious. They can't like, call you back. It's like, oops, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you may have to wait, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the problem could be that you would have to wait for your cheap Lightning truck... Uh, depending on when you reserved it, et cetera, et cetera. And also, um, I, I had some emails from Canada. Some of viewers from Canada were saying that the, they took the Lightning Pro off of the configurator. Oh, interesting. In Canada. Interesting. So, and, it, and there's a message saying there, uh, according to, um, because of high demand, some of the configurations are not available. Okay. So. Very interesting. Now, I do want to... Um, provide a little bit of my terrible insight okay. on, on please. why I think this Lightning is such a going to be such a massive success. Okay. Because Ford did exactly what they needed to do when they came out with this truck, right? It's not some futuristic-looking doorstop thing from a dystopian um, <laughs> year that might not ever come like the Tesla. Yeah. It's here now, unlike the Silverado EV, which is still a couple years away. Or at least a year and a half away, yes. It doesn't start at $125,000 like the Hummer. The Hummer. Um, one twelve, okay. Yep. One twelve. And it's from an established automaker that really knows how to build trucks in high quantity, unlike Rivian, uh, and also much more affordable. Now, I think... I've had a lot of interesting conversations with folks over the last uh, week since we've had this truck. And this is kind of a truck that if I was any other automaker, I would be pooping myself because this thing is exactly what a truck person wants. It isn't, um, you know, unibody, unfamiliar thing. It's an F-150 that's been made better by increased storage space in the front, incredible acceleration, uh, a usable bed, right? I mean, they, they took the traditional truck architecture and they just made it electric. That is what Chevrolet should have done, in my opinion, with the Silverado. It's what Ram needs to be doing. It's a familiar thing to a truck consumer. And let's be honest, one in four trucks are sold in Texas. Mm-hmm. Someone in Texas, this is a body style, this is a design, I think, that's really going to appeal to them. It's familiar, it's understandable, and it's utilitarian. Now, of course, it's not perfect because we have to talk about towing range, and that's a huge deal for a lot of folks. Yeah. But for an EV truck, Ford came out and did exactly what they needed to do. Um, so I, I see your point. Uh, awesome points, yeah. by the way. Um, I think range is still a question in people's mind, and also charging, ease of charging, Okay. And also cost of charging. There's a question here on Patreon about cost. Yeah. So I think a lot of you guys, and thank you for sending us questions, you're quite concerned. First of all, uh, you know, you, you want to know exactly how much range it has, and we can talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you guys are concerned where the electricity is coming from. Yeah. You know, because um, is it coming from a coal-fired, uh, you know, energy plant? Is it wind-generated? And, of course, that varies, right? 
uh, or solar generated. Um, you guys want to know how much the electricity costs. Right. Right. So those are important things. Uh, but other than that, so when I come up to the Lightning, right, and I have an F-150 hybrid, which is my personal truck, mm -hmm. the door handle is the same. The yeah. door is the same. You open it, it's the same for ding. It has a real key. It has a right. key. It's got a real shifter. <laughs> it has a shifter. It, you get in it. It has a Ford steering wheel. Yep. So it's not like they reinvented everything, right? No, and they that's great. They did not. They took the parts that work in a full-size truck, and they just happened to make it electric. The best analogy I can give you, um, so we spent a week with the Rivian, right? And the Rivian has more kind of wow factor off the bat. So when someone comes up to you on the street and wants to see cool gadgets and gizmos, the Rivian has more of them. It's kind of like a really fancy multi-tool. You know, you get one, it's got like a saw and a screwdriver and a flashlight. And, and a, like a level bubble. And, and a like, level bubble yeah. and a thermometer. And you can show all your friends and be like, oh, look at all this cool stuff. But from a usability perspective, maybe not the best tool in the tool set. Where the Lightning is kind of like a really good set of pliers or a really good socket set. Because you're used to it, right? Someone comes up to you and they, oh, show me the cool gadgets and gizmos. You pop the frunk and you're like, that's kind of the coolest part, right? But then once you have it in the real world, you realize, oh, it's got this enormous bed. So it's got a huge amount of cargo capacity. Yeah. Oh, it's been designed with towing in mind. So it's got really good downhill regen braking while towing a trailer. So it's not like a wow factor right off the bat when you're showing it to your friends, but it is the truck that I would take for doing truck stuff. Yes. So let's talk a little bit more. So when we picked it up in uh, Dearborn, uh, it was 100% charged. So thank you, Village Ford. Yep. Uh, so they really supported us there. Um, and so full charge, we got on the highway, Roman and I, um, and it showed 301 miles on a full charge. That was the estimate. EPA says 320. Right? Okay. So that's the estimated EPA range on the Lightning. And the Platinum has a little bit less. Right. So if you're buying the Platinum version of this, which is like 90,000 plus dollars, yeah. like 92, 93,000, right. which is now getting into close to Rivian territory, even Hummer territory, um, that those have bigger wheels, so 22s, and because of some of those changes, it, the efficiency goes down. Uh, but we never saw 300 miles of range on our trip. But you never drove it all the way to empty. No, no, we never drove it all the way to empty, and we were driving between 65 and 75 miles per hour highway speeds, right. which is not typically the most efficient way to sure. drive an electric right. vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Because you're pushing still a big truck through the air, there's a lot of air resistance, and it's using quite a bit of energy, like any pickup truck would be. So how far were you going between charges? So we stopped 11 times, yeah. and that may sound like a lot, mm -hmm. but we went 1,300 miles, yeah. and we had one stop where we slept, mm -hmm. we stopped at the hotel, yep. and we stopped to see Roman's uh, friend, Steve, in Chicago, so we spent about an hour there. We charged during dinner. We charged during uh, our overnight stay. And we charged during like lunch. Mm -hmm. And so, and then we also stopped a few times just for like seven to 10 minutes, just to throw a little bit of energy into the battery to get to the next destination. And I'm glad you said that because when you say 1300 miles and 11 charging stops, it sounds terrible. But uh, <laughs> I mean, you have to basically look at this as how you would maximize um, the amount of time Your on the road time. versus yes. charging. So even if you're only going 130, 150 miles, I mean, you're not going from full to empty. And that's the key with an EV is you never want to go from uh, full to empty and especially from empty to full. You kind of want to stay right in like the meat of the battery pack because it's not the driving that'll kill you. It's 
it's the charging that'll kill you. And if you can kind of stay in the meat of the battery pack and then only charge for seven minutes or only charge for 10 minutes and then drive for an hour and a half, right? That's a much more uh, kind of um, at least mentally less taxing way than like worrying about bringing it all the way down to zero. And stopping for two hours. Or, right? or yeah, or like an hour and a yeah, half or yeah. an hour to get to 80. Yeah. So uh, you're better off going from like 20 to 30. 50 or 70 instead of going from 0 to 100. So a real-world range, they're claiming 320. Um, I have a feeling it's probably not far off of that, actually. So we're, we still have yet to do our 100 to 0% range test, mm -hmm. and we're going to do that, and we're basically just going to drive in a direction until it stops going. Um, I have a feeling it might be might be pretty close to that. Well, and this one has 20-inch wheels. So, I, you know, Tommy, my, my dream truck would have been, you know me, would have been like a, a pro with a larger battery pack, right? Can you get that truck? Simple. Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> because it's available only for fleet buyers. Right. So you can get a smaller battery pro, any consumer can buy it. Uh, but for some reason, uh, Ford limited the large battery pro truck, which is like a $50,000 truck, only for fleets, so you have to prove to afford your fleet. Mm. So there's certain uh, requirements, like you have to have at least five vehicles in your fleet, you have to have a fleet number with Ford, and then you know they'll talk to you. So it's not for everybody, but I wish it was. Uh, but what that would have done, it, you would have, because our truck has a panoramic sunroof, it has like fancy, you know, fairly soft seats, it has a big screen, all that stuff adds weight. Right. Right, so if you could subtract some of that weight, you can get more range. Right, but I mean, our truck is still I pretty impressive. I want to talk more about charging. Sure, I do want to point out. So yesterday, um, you did two drag races with this truck. One up in uh, Fort Collins yes. against some performance trucks, and then one. Uh, my dad and I took it to, to Golden to Bandemir Raceway, and uh, that was like a couple hundred miles worth of driving. Right, and drag racing. And drag racing throughout yes. the day. We still had. Uh, 20, 30 something percent remaining. So you never charged in the middle? No, we didn't in need to. No, it, I okay. mean, it uses battery at such a slow rate when you're just kind of driving around and even on the highway. So we easily went 200 miles yesterday and still had plenty of charge remaining. Yeah. So, um, and I was concerned because when you went to Bendemir at the end of the day to do some drag racing, by the way, the video is available. Mm -hmm. um, it's on alltfl.com mm -hmm. as well. Um, I was concerned. You know how you're depleting your battery, so you may not be getting your maximum power right yeah did you see a little bit of derating in your video you mentioned a little bit of that we did like so what we did there's like this little gauge that tells you how much percentage of acceleration is available and it goes from 100 to zero um the first race it was 100 percent the full time okay the second race i basically turned right around it was 89 degrees and then got right back on the strip and at the very end of the strip it went down to like 70 for 74% maximum. Okay. And then within three seconds, it was back up to 100. Then I drove it back around again. I waited in line for like 30, maybe maybe five, six minutes. Um, and once again, that race, I got full 100. And we raced that thing eight times. Um, it it was fairly consistent, It was like 12.8, 12.81, 12.8, 12.9, 12.85. Those, those were quarter mile times. Yeah. Every single time, it was yes. between like 12.8 and 12.92. Um, like every single time, it was that consistent. Uh, sometimes you'd get like a little bit off on your, your your starting position, and you might get a little water on the tire, so it'd go to like to 12.9 instead of 12.88. But it was really consistent. Yeah, so that was very impressive. By the way, maximum power on the, on this model, the extended range at Lightning, is 580 horsepower. Yeah. 
and 775 pound-feet of torque, and you embarrassed a few cars. Well, so the thing is, here at Elevation, um, every first of all, everybody thinks they're a professional drag racer. Everyone thinks they go out there and can run tens in their base model <laughs> Honda Civics. But in reality, here at Elevation, the average car was probably running like a 13.5 to a 14. Yeah. And these are pretty high-performance things, like Mercedes, AMGs, Challenger, Scat, Packs, Corvettes, Corvettes, Mustang yeah. GTs. Of course, there were a few guys running like 11s in full-on. And some nine-second cars. Well, like there was a nine-second car, which is a Model S Plaid. And then he got yelled at, I think, for going too fast. And he couldn't do it again because he didn't have a cage. I believe it. Because, because there's regulations, right, dude? So right. when you have, I think, a sub-12-second car, you have to wear, like, a fireproof suit. Right. And if you have a sub-10-second like 10 second car, you have to have a full roll cage. Yep. And then maybe a parachute, like if you're a sub-9-second car. Yep. And he didn't have any of that. No, it's, a, it's just a street car. <laughs> but, yeah, so that was pretty funny. But, yeah, I mean, I raced uh, – my dad raced a Corvette, walked away from him. I raced a Jaguar F-Type yesterday, walked away from him. Um, Model 3 performance beat me three times, so that was a no-go. Um, <laughs> but 12.8 in a factory truck that weighs 6,800 pounds? Yes, almost 7,000 pounds. Yeah, and I mean, it was uh, every single time it was 104 in the quarter at the end of the strip. Every single time, eight times in a row. That like was really clockwork. Yeah, yeah, so very, 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 very spot on there. Um, and yeah, it's a plenty quick truck for what it is. It definitely, definitely is a quick truck. It's not Rivian quick, but it is no, very quick. No, and we'll have more videos coming still. We haven't published everything yet. Top speed uh, is 107, by the way. And That's, you verified it. Yeah, it just like kind of hits a wall at 107. Yeah, and it's software limited, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the limitations on pickup trucks actually are tires. Right. Tire, yeah. It's tire limited. Most because, trucks are around 100 limited, though. Uh, so I think regular F-150s are 105-ish. Okay. Uh, the Raptor is 118. Okay. So if you're a 35-inch tall tire Raptor, that's 118. Uh, GM limits their trucks to about 98 miles an hour. Okay. Most of them. There's no full-size trucks going from the factory with a 150. <laughs> without no, a, no. Not, not at this time. <laughs> so. Oh, you know what, what's higher than that is the Cadillac Escalade V. Right. Which is technically a truck. It's right. kind of a truck-based. That's 124 yeah, but miles you, per hour. Uh, yeah. But if you're looking at the V, then you might as well look at like a Mercedes GLS 63, which will do 160 or something. So. Yes. So, the SUVs are a whole other world. But full-size trucks, all about 100. Yeah, totally. And um, I, I want to get back to charging. Yes, go for it. Yeah. That, that was a big question you guys had. So the reason why we sometimes stopped for 7 to 10 minutes, mm -hmm. uh, because we wanted to remain in that, like you said, between 20 and 80% approximately of the battery on our road trip, because we saw the fastest charging times during that, you know, when, when you're in the middle of that battery. We saw charging speeds of about 170 70 kilowatts. Uh, Ford promises about 150. Well, so you beat Ford's promise. So, and that's always good when you under-promise and over-deliver, right? Um, so 170 really gives you, I mean, you could get like from about what, uh, like 20 to 80% in about 30, 35 minutes. But yeah. when you're stopping for 10 minutes, you can get like 50 miles, right? Which is just enough to get you to the next city, the next, get next truck stop. So that's what we were doing. Total stopping, total stoppage time, including we spent six hours at the hotel mm -hmm. when we slept. Sleeping. Sleeping and charging, but on a super, super slow charger. Okay. This charger was so slow. I know. My dad called and complained about it. <laughs> he called Best Western? Yeah, he did. He said, why, why even include a charger this slow? So it was like six kilowatts, Tommy. Right, which is okay so, for so a Mini Cooper SE, but not so good for a Ford. For a truck. Yeah. No. So including those six hours, we stopped for 11, 11 hours. So uh, the other 10 stops were five hours. 
Right. So we were not stopping for very long. That's just enough time to like go to the restroom, maybe buy a drink uh, at the truck stop, something like that. Well, my dad told me something interesting. He said he never had to stop when he didn't want to stop. So maybe once. Yeah. He said, except for one time over the 11 stops, it was either it was lunchtime, plug it in. Restroom time. Restroom break, plug it in. And it really wasn't that big of a convenient inconvenience. Now, if you're one of those people that like, oh, I got to drive 90 hours nonstop and <laughs> I, I pee in a Gatorade cup in a, you know, then maybe not this a is good. not for you. No. But if you're like just kind of, you know, trying to get somewhere in a relative kind of brisk rate and you are willing to stop and let the dog go pee, this could be a good option. Uh, and one more thing about charging. Yeah. And this is where everybody is going to hate me. What, what? Ready for the comments? Okay. They're just gonna you're just gonna blow up. Bring it. This is not really a very big concern um, for me, actually. The whole fast charging thing. Why not? Because, and there's going to be a lot of folks, and it's different with a truck, certainly. And there are folks that that take road trips in their trucks, right, and, and tow on road trips, which is a whole other story. Yeah. But every single person I've talked to this week, and this is really interesting, I talked to um, ID4 owners, I talked to Ionic 5 owners this week, I talked to three or four different Tesla owners who came up to talk about the truck, and I said, so how often do you supercharge or fast charge your EV? And one of the five or six people I talked to had an answer for that. The other ones that oh, I've never charged it publicly. Because what, it's always at home. If you have a place, if you have a 220 volt outlet at your house, you're never going to think about charging. And this is, I know, go write your comments and tell me that I'm a uh, weird looking nerd. But the point is, unless you've owned and lived with an EV, you, you don't understand what that's like to experience. You go home, you plug it in overnight, you wake it up and you have a full tank. And then you can drive 50 miles to work, you can drive 200 miles to work, drive home, plug in, wake up the next morning and it's full tank. And it, within like three or four days of owning an electric car, it just clicks and you forget all those concerns about fast charging. People buy electric cars for the road trips they never take. Once again, people buy electric cars for the road trips that they never take or take once every like five years. Um, and that's why I don't think the charging thing is a huge deal. Now, if you are one of those folks that tows a big boat to a lake over 600 miles, like I, I do. Yeah, and you actually do it fairly regularly. Yes. Uh, the towing range is probably going to be a challenge, right? Yes, and we'll find out more about this. But we need to talk about the iGauntlet right. here. Um, I do have a concern about charging a little bit, Tommy, because I have a different kind of lifestyle, right? So um, I have a um, wife and two kids. We go to the lake a lot of the weekends during the summer. So I need to tow a boat, which weighs 6,000 pounds. But which lake do you go to? So, for example, we go to um, um, Horstoff Reservoir in Fort Collins, okay. which is about 55 miles away. Lightning. Lightning is okay. Yeah. Because they have a campground with 50 amp charge, well, outlets. Yeah. Which I can use for charging. Sure. That's okay. But in the next month, I'm going to Lake Powell, right. Tommy, which is 400 miles away. Yeah, it's going to be trickier. Uh, so that's going to be tricky with a truck like the Lightning. So when you live in the West and you have long distances to travel, there's a little bit more of a concern for me. At least but towing long distances. At least towing. Yeah. My wife owns, as you know, BMW i3, yeah. which is an electric car which, with a range extender, which she almost never uses. Uh-huh. So she goes to work 20 miles, comes back, charges overnight, same thing, full tank. So for her use case, an electric car is perfect, right? Because right. she commutes in it every day, she charges it at home, um, and it's enough. Uh, if I want to go to Lake Powell, I'm a little concerned um, about this. But let's talk about the Ike. 
Yeah, so we hooked up a 10,000 pound trailer, <laughs> actually 9,620. Yeah. It was not purposely that heavy, but it turns out our Ford Excursion is an absolute piggy piggy <laughs> in terms of curb weight. So we loaded up our Ford Excursion onto our Luma trailer using our Gen Y hitch. Yes. And it was way, way, way heavier than we were hoping, but it we, turned we out We went to, to a truck scale. It turned out to be a Super Ike. Yes, so we call a Super Ike uh, something where we're almost maxed out or maxed out. And the Ike Gauntlet is the world's toughest towing test. It's in the I-70, right, in the Rocky Mountains, uh, over the Eisenhower-Johnson Tunnel, Continental Divide. And it's 7% grade, which mm-hmm. is the steepest allowable on an interstate highway, an eight-mile stretch of highway. So uh, we've tested a couple of other vehicles towing electrically. But we've done overall, I think I looked it up, 145 Ike Gauntlets. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. So over the last nine years. So this was our third or fourth electric vehicle on the mountain. And it really surprised me with the downhill performance, dude. Yeah, it was so good. You can tell that Ford calibrated this thing on the Ike Gauntlet. Um, and Which they did. We know they did. I kind of feel like they maybe they calibrated it for our videos because it was like a little bit too perfect. But yeah, <laughs> basically uh, you, you uh, put it in tow haul mode and then you kind of let off the accelerator and it basically held 52 for most of the, most of the route. Occasionally you'd have to apply accelerator. Because it was slowing down too much. Yeah, almost but too much. you had zero actual friction brake, accelerate, uh, friction brake application. Yeah. And how much electricity did we put into the battery? We added about, what, 7%. Right. So that's a huge amount. If you think 131 kilowatt hour battery, yeah, 7% of that, it's almost like, what, 9 or 10? Uh, it's 8, I think it was 8 kilowatt hours. Can you uh, calculate 8. that? 8.1 or something. Yeah, so do 131. Times 7%. Yeah, let me do it right now. 131 times 0.07, uh, 9.17, you're right. Yeah. So 9 kilowatt hours. So you gain, over the 8-mile run, you, we picked up 9.17 kilowatt hours into the battery. You could run your fridge basically all day off of 9.17 kilowatt hours. You, you, you could. That's it was like, amazing. <laughs> that's down a lot of energy. But the excursion helped us because well, yeah. it, was, it was pushing on us with gravity. And uh, I think that did help us generate more energy, and which is perfect for driving in the mountains. Yep, for sure. And how did it feel? Stable as a rock. Yeah, that was a big I was, surprise. I was also surprised by that because I was concerned. We have to talk about the rear suspension in this truck, right? Okay. It's independent. So traditional pickups in this class, half-ton and, and, and heavy-duty trucks, have a solid rear axle, usually, with mm-hmm. leaf springs. This has neither. It has uh, basically a, these aluminum arms going to basically independent suspension in the back because there's a rear motor uh, s- sitting in there. And it's using a coilover shock, so a little uh, coil spring with a shock. And I thought it was going to be, you know what Mr. Truck Kent calls loosey-goosey? The wibble-wobble? Uh, the wibble-wobble. It, w- it would like trailer sway, yeah. basically. Uh-huh. It had no trailer sway whatsoever. Or as the engineers would put it, a lateral movement event. But yeah, uh, I was <laughs> really surprised by that. And the crazy part, and I'm going to ruin your video a little bit, but yeah. I hate when podcasts are like, I can't talk about that yet. It hasn't been published. But Let's talk about yeah, it. We compared this against a Ram 2500, and with the same trailer, didn't this squat less than the Ram 2500? Yes. Ford, how did you do that? I don't get that at all. How did the Lightning squat less? We had about 1,100-pound tongue weight, mm-hmm. basically. So 9,600 pounds loaded trailer altogether uh, and about 1,100 pounds on the tongue, which is a little bit more than 10%, which I think helped us to be stable, right? That's how, how you want to set up your load uh, distributed. Uh, and 
It's squatted less than the diesel. And now, typically the way you reduce squat is just to put springs made out of granite in the back. But the thing I really don't understand about this is the Lightning rides like a 1976 Cadillac Eldorado. It is the, uh, Case and Alex, our videographers, think it's too soft, but it is the softest riding truck I think I've ever been in. It rides like a first-gen Raptor. You hit a bump and it just goes, woo. It's like a cloud. Yeah, and which is great. So how come our Ram kind of rides like a wheelbarrow? This <laughs> rides like a cream puff, and yet this had less squat? I have no idea. Ford, please uh, call us because we want to talk to your engineers. Uh, yeah, unladen this thing rides, I should point out. I want to make that very clear. This rides like a marshmallow. But, but, but even laden, um, it wasn't bad. And I don't think we were hitting bump stops. I know. Um, so, so, and it was super stable because when, when you're towing a trailer, especially in the mountains, right, curvy roads switchbacks, um, traffic. You want to have confidence, and this truck had confidence. But what happened on the way up? Well, on the way up, it was like a sports car. I mean, it <laughs> almost rear-ended a Prius trying to merge on the highway. That's how quickly accelerated with 10,000 pounds. It's really impressive. Now, I did watch the video again. Uh, when you were completely foot to the floor going up 7% grade, it did, after like 10 seconds, go down from 100% max power to like 80. So oh. it did start to like pull power a little bit, but then it was right back up to 100. No, I mean, it was so incredibly quick and smooth and fast. Unreal. Yeah, so lots of power. We did use a lot of energy. Oh, so we yeah. gained 7% on the way down. Mm -hmm. On the way up, we used up like 16% of that yeah, battery. Yeah, that's true. But so, to keep in mind, it wasn't 16% for the whole trip because you gained some going down. So the down and the up was only 9% in total. Exactly. Which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, whereas on a gas truck, you wouldn't necessarily see that benefit. Because you're wasting it in heat, Yeah, because right? you can't regen gasoline into the tank. <laughs> uh, I wish you could. I am just going to say, from a towing experience, Experience and confidence. This was the best full-size truck I've ever experienced in terms of its ability to accelerate, stop, turn. I mean, it was so dialed with this absolute whale of an excursion on the on the back of it. I was just yeah. thrown away. The mirrors sucked. Well, the mirrors, they're not towing mirrors. Yeah, they're, they're not very good. But, but And this is a max towing package. Right, so the they need to give you better mirrors. But, but granted... I, I didn't really want those huge mirrors because of air resistance. Well, that, okay, this is the thing that kills me because the experience is so good. Yeah. But the range is just not there for towing yet. I mean, no. we were seeing, so, what, 70 miles estimate range at 60%. Of course, that's going to depend. The truck has to learn the situation in the trailer, and it probably assumed worst case because it was worst case. Mm. But it's just I, I'm not sure it's there. So we've got a lot more so, testing to do. Yeah, and usually a rule of thumb, one of the rules of thumb is that when you're towing a trailer – no matter if it's 6,000 pounds or 8,000 pounds or something like this, you're going to be uh, halving your range. This happens to a gasoline truck. It happens to a diesel truck. It happens to an electric truck also. Yeah. But when you're starting with 300 miles of range and you're halving it or, or worse, you're in that you know, 100 to 150-mile range towing. Yeah. And that's, if you live in the West like we do, that becomes problematic for towing. It absolutely does. And then you have to talk about the fact that Electrify America and charging stations aren't designed for trailers. No. So you end up blocking half of Grand Central Station, trying to trying to charge your truck, and then you're charging more often. And then if all of a sudden that you know 20-minute charging time starts to become a pain if you're doing it like all of the time. Mm -hmm. So that really, I think, is the Achilles heel. But it's like that frustrates me so much because there's a towing rig from a, just a sheer capability standpoint. It's awesome. It was dialed in. It yes. didn't overheat. We actually saw an increase in engine temperature when we did the same route in the PowerBoost F-150 mm -hmm. with the same trailer. It started to climb. This thing, it didn't budge. Yeah. It was really, really impressive. Really well done. Um, so a couple other things I want to talk about. Yes. I don't think it's a very attractive-looking truck. 
Um, so obviously it's pretty similar to a standard F-150. Yeah. I'm not sure they nailed the design. <laughs> and actually, so the interesting thing is we are very EV friendly here in Boulder. Yeah. Huge EV community. Yeah. Um, like I said, a bunch of people did come up, but if you are not like a hardcore EV person or a hardcore truck person, it just looks like an F-150. Like you drive a Rivian around. You would around, just walk by it. You drive a Rivian around and it's like you are Mick Jagger. I mean, yeah. everyone's like, oh, look at that thing. What is that spaceship? You drive this around and they're like, why has someone put golf ball patterns on the front of their F-150? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So it's, I'm not sure it's a very handsome truck. No, and I think partially... It could be because, like, they wanted to reuse some of the components. Oh, definitely. You know, like the yeah, fenders yeah. and the hood oh, yeah, yeah. and the, all that stuff. So they wanted to reuse some of those things. Um, and I, I would agree with you. Like, this LED light that goes across the hood, and there's also one in the back, uh, it kind of yeah, looks like a mustache awkward. or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Kind of unibrow look. <laughs> For some reason, that continuous LED works much better in other cars. Not sure it works super well in the Lightning. Um, and then um, there's, I mean... There's certainly a couple of other things which take getting some getting used to, like um, I had a really good example, and my brain is just completely well. Uh, the, the, on the interior, let's mention that really quick. Oh yeah, it does got the gigantic screen. It's not an eighty thousand dollar interior. No. So we have a we just actually got delivered a, a Sierra Ultimate Denali. Yes. Denali Ultimate. Yes. Excuse me. Same price, eighty grand. Yes. And that interior has stitched leather on everything. You know, it's got and suede headliner, massaging uh, seats, massaging seats. Yeah, it's like I mean, carefully crafted wood on the dash. I mean, that is an eighty thousand dollar interior. This is like a fifty thousand dollar interior or yeah. fifty five thousand. So you open the door and you see kind of a nice trim on the dash yeah. and a big screen, and then, and then you look down and yeah. there's like plastics on top of plastics. And the seats are fine, but they're not really all that nice. And stuff just doesn't feel very high quality on the inside in some areas. So you kind of have to look past it. I mean, that's when we were talking about how do they make money on this. I think that's where, I think that's how. That's where some of the cost saving comes in. Totally. Um, and then one other thing I want to point out, which has proved to be really useful, and I never really thought about it, but the Mega Power Frunk. Yes. Freaking awesome. Why do they call it that? It's a horrible name. Yes. It makes it sound like you're like a three-year-old, like, coming up. Hi, hi, I have a mega power front. You're learning adjectives for the first time. <laughs> but it's so incredibly useful because you have four people in the truck, right? You want to lock up um, baggage. You want to put your grocery yes. somewhere. That's got, like, I mean, it'll fit a me. It'll fit a you in there. Yes. It'll definitely fit your loaf 14. of bread. 14.1 cubic feet. Freaking awesome. Which is like a Camry trunk. And it's electric, which is not needed, but it's very cool to show your friends. That's yeah. like the one tool on the Swiss Army knife where you're like, look what it can do. Um, so that's really cool. But, uh, yeah, I really, really over the last week, I'm very sold on this. I was just in a couple other gas trucks today, and I was like, wow, this thing's really slow, and why is it so loud? And Although, I will say, mm. towing up the Ike, it was very cool to hear that diesel clatter that Cummins. Oh, the Cummins, and it has, like, you know, the exhaust brake that makes noises, and the diesel you know, makes truck noises. True. But that's, you can do fun cool. stuff. Like, you can be at any stoplight. And there can be any car lined up to you. And if you need to go in the left lane and you're in the right lane, you will be in the left lane in front of that person. It's low four-second range, zero to 60. Unless unless that person is in a, a Tesla. Yeah, unless they're in a <laughs> Tesla. But they can be in a Challenger. They're not going to hook up. Yeah. Even if they floor it, they can be in a Mustang. They can be in at altitude. They can be in any ICE car for the vast majority of the part. This um, will blow by it. You could be in a McLaren, and I think you could take it off the line because the turbos have to spool up. It is that quick off the line. So it's really fun to drive. Yeah. Um, the only concern is you build speed so quickly, and then you realize, oh, this thing handles like a 1976 Cadillac because it floats. And, and then also, you hit the brakes. And it is heavy. It's really heavy. So Although you the weight distribution, we did the weight distribution. It's 50-50. Exactly, it's on the perfect. scales. Yeah, it's we perfect. put it on the scales. Yeah. That's pretty cool. 
Uh, it feels really heavy, Well, it's though. not like a sports car in the canyon. No, right? it doesn't. Because it's a heavy truck. Yeah, it leans like Nathan on a waterbed. Oh, um. wow, Nathan. <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah, it kind of rolls around. But okay. who cares? You're driving in America. There's no turns. <laughs> Before we get to some of the other things, like powering other things with the lightning, yeah. I want to get to Matt Miller's question. Can we do that? Yeah, what does Matt have to say? Is so, this from Patreon? Yeah, so Matt, thank you for your support. And Matt actually was a little bit grumpy because we didn't get to his question in the last episode. I do apologize. So Matt, Matt I'm, I'm so sorry. But now he says, question for the podcast. What is the best way to lift a truck without sacrificing ride quality and capability? I always hear people talking about spacers, suspension lifts, body lifts, etc. And also, how do you not ruin a suspension like a ZR2 or a Raptor suspension while lifting it? All right, what's your answer? I have one. Okay. Okay. So, first of all, we've lifted many trucks. Many and trucks. SUVs many here at TFL. Uh, we only have done one well. Yes. Too well. <laughs> So my answer to your question is don't. <laughs> to be so your honest. answer, your answer is don't lift it. That is my yeah. yeah. So oh my goodness, I mean, oh. we, we've been very fortunate. We've done a Land Cruiser. I've done like seven Jeeps lifted. We've done an F two fifty. We've done a Rebel. Uh, we've done a uh, Tacoma Gladiator. And, and we've done the Gladiator. And like Andre said, every single one of them, you're like, wow, this looks cool. And you drive it down the road, and you're like, ooh, well, you've lost not that sure factory I ride. It. Yes. Now the the Jeep Gladiator. It was really good for one reason. It had the Mopar lift. And I think if you have a lift kit designed by the engineers that did the suspension itself, because Mopar is part of Jeep, right? Mm-hmm. Part of Stellantis, same company. The engineers that do the factory suspension are the engineers that do the lift kit. But I genuinely, like the Land Cruiser rode horribly. The Tacoma rode horribly. Um, the Ram didn't ride well. I mean, every time well, we lift it, it's just... Oh. So I have another answer. Okay. So you say don't. Yes. Which is a fair answer. Yes. But I say you can still lift. First of all, you can lift a truck or an SUV. Let's talk about trucks. Um, if you have money. If you have, if you have lots of money, you can do it really well. For example, our friend came by with a lifted Gladiator on 37s. Yes. He spent, what did he tell me? He spent upwards of $10,000 on his new suspension. Mm. And by gosh, it rode well. Really? Yes. It wasn't from Mopar. It wasn't... Cross your heart, it rode well? Yes, I drove it. I am skeptical, no, 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 my no, dude. No, I drove it, Tommy. <laughs> I went over uh, twice. I went over the horrible railroad crossing that we have near near here yeah. with big, huge bumps. I um, it, it was a little bit leany, right? Uh, because it was a little top-heavy because he had a camper, uh-huh. a small camper top on top. But if you have money, like we did the F-250 with the curly suspension, which worked well at speed, uh, off-road, but maybe not well in some other use cases. Yeah. Um, if you spend lots of money, you could do it. But if you don't have lots of money, like Matt, I think probably doesn't, I would suggest um, going with a spacer uh, leveling kit. Okay. Okay, something very simple, because you can buy spacer kits, which lift the front of the truck, but not the rear, and they're very cheap. They're about $100. You can go to a certified shop, have it installed, and then you're maintaining your shocks and your springs, but you're just giving it a little boost in the front. And then you can fit a bigger tire, slightly bigger tire. Uh So I would say go either cheap leveling kit with a spacer or spend (laughs) $15,000 on a purpose-built suspension. Uh, Maybe the leveling kits. I haven't driven too many leveling kits. I've driven a lot of full lifts. And um, I I just... just, I don't know. You don't like this question. No, I don't like this question because everybody in the comments can be like, well, you haven't driven mine. I I have (laughs) driven yours, actually. Not to sound like a 
plots because I, I don't I don't want to come across like that. Okay. But I have had this conversation with many folks, and it always ends up into an awkward situation. Like so some guy came by and was like, "Oh, you've got to you've got to drive this Forerunner. Like you have got to drive this Forerunner. Okay. It rides better than stock." And I ride in it, and it it. It rides like um, a, a shopping cart, cart down a set of stairs. I'm like, this is this is horrible because the issue is you raise the center of gravity, yeah. right? So you put soft springs on it, um, and then you go it rolls over in the turns, right? And, you, and then it becomes dangerous in some sense. So you have to firm up the, the, the springs, um, and you lift a vehicle, and you're also messing with the geometry, especially with independent suspension. Yeah. Uh, just like uh, put the biggest tire you can put on your factory vehicle, and leave it be, folks. That's my new rule. But what if you have an F-150 like mine? And the nose is on the ground. I mean, have you seen my truck? Yeah. It's like pointing it, it's, into the ground. Here's the other thing. It's pointing to the ground <laughs> for a very specific reason. I feel like these fo- some, some folks think that their, their vehicle manufacturer is holding out on them. You know, and I just on the Bronco program, the Raptor program. And, uh, you know, there's like this like, oh, well, they're not using the best quality stuff. And sure, they have to worry about costs. But these are folks, and not just one person. There's like an entire team of folks at Ford. Whoa. Excuse me. This is how (laughs) passionate I am. There's an entire team of folks at Ford that try every possible combination of every tire. Every shock. Every shock in every height and every uh, uh, camber and caster and everything with the wheels and tires. Um, And they they spend way too much money to make sure that what they sell you is going to be the best possible use case for that possible vehicle. Uh, and, then, and my use case is uh, hybrid, which is efficient. And I'm sorry, but like typically, Jerry at company number X does not have the hundred million dollars it takes to come up with the the, best the CAD suspension. programs yeah. and yeah, to the simulations. So, and this is doubly true if you go for a Raptor or a Z or two or something like that. That I mean, you're buying the truck for the suspension. Why change it? Please don't change it. Yes. Like it's so Please. good. Yeah. Not only uh, you have the Ford folks, but you got the Fox folks, and now you've got the SVT folks. I mean, it's like. It's good. It'll work. <laughs> or like Multimatic folks at um, at Chevy. Yeah, so I'm right? officially – I know I'm sure this will change. But for now, I'm going on the record saying I'm done lifting things. Okay, but I am not. Oh, my C- goodness. Ca- come back, folks. Uh, please come back in about a month or a couple of weeks where I'm going to be lifting my F-150. Oh, Andre. <laughs> Are you sure? It's okay. Let's move on to the next okay. question. Okay, right. um, n- Next question comes from JNL Automotive. Thank you, JNL. Uh, this question is this. I have a 2018 Ford F-150 XLT with 33,000 miles. It has a 2.7 liter EcoBoost. I have 20 inch wheels. I want to tow, um, oh, my truck is rated to tow 6,600 pounds. Do you know why that is? No. I think it's because of his rear axle ratio. Because oh. Ford is very precise here. Um, different axle ratios give you different ratings. By the way, if you're buying a 2.7 liter Ford, check the specs before you buy it because without knowing you may be buying a truck that only can tow 6,600 pounds. Good tip. Good yes. tip. So this is his truck. He says he wants to buy a trailer between three and 5,000 pounds uh, for camping. Um, I would like to put different wheels, maybe 18s. Uh, not trying to dramatically change the numbers, but just feel safer at the higher towing numbers of... Uh, so, uh, JNL, uh, first of all, it's a good thing that they, they know their tow rating. Darn straight. Nice work. Because they could have assumed they had 12,000 pounds of towing. Right. Right. But So don't assume. That's really great. Uh, if you're buying a 5,000-pound trailer, I think you're still okay. 
Well, so what we, would you say? we get this question a lot, and it's like, I bought this truck and it doesn't do what I need to do. What can I do to make it tow more? <laughs> and the answer is, legally speaking, nothing, yes. right? Because yes. there's a lot that goes into your tow rating. It's not just horsepower. It's brakes and cooling. it's cooling. Cooling, transmission cooling. Man, if I've heard the number of times engineers have talked about cooling, that is such a big deal. Yes. Transmission cooling. Um, and then you've got like stuff like uh, sway control and And, and, and so, t- tire limits as well. Yeah, so my rule of thumb is like if you are within the limit – the vehicle manufacturer has put a lot of work, typically, unless, yes. unless we're going, like, back 15 years when it was magic towing dust. But they sure. put a lot of work into, like, letting you know, like, hey, this is an actual tow rating. Um, but uh, – so I feel fairly confident. But would I want to tow the max regularly? Probably not. You know what I mean? I, I don't comfortably want to be at that max rating every time I get in my yes. truck. Uh, the lightning was amazing in this case because we did tow almost maximum. Yeah, that was and kind it of unusual. behaved really well. I was really surprised by that. Usually, when you load up a truck to its maximum, like it squats all the way down, it becomes a little bit loose. Yeah, the engine uh, sounds like it's it, wheezing. It's <laughs> yeah, it revs high. You know all this stuff. So I think JNL Automotive, if you want to change your tires and wheels, I think you can do it as long as they're the same rating. You know, tires have ratings, right? Load ratings and etc. So if as long as you find the same tire or a similar rating on that tire and a, a good solid, you know, reputable company for the wheels, go ahead and do it. Yeah. But don't try to put airbags on the truck no, and try to lift it. it. No. Uh, don't don't do that. So um, we should talk about one last thing with lightning. Let's see more questions. Lightning question. question. Lightning I have question. W- lightning round. Lightning round. Okay. So Andy on Patreon says, how much does it cost you guys to charge your F-150 Lightning? Oh, that depends. Lightning round, this question could take an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Anywhere between zero and $1,000. All right, that's a wrap. Done. No, I mean, it depends. Can you explain it? Yeah. So when you're at your home, like we're in Colorado, right? Right. So people who ask us, first of all, how much does it cost and where does your energy come from? It varies. Right. Uh, here in Colorado, we have a lot of coal-fired plants still. Yep. We have a lot of wind production. Mm-hmm. We have some solar. Yep. Um, and, and we don't have a lot of hydroelectric, like Nevada and California has some hydroelectric power there. Um, so uh, different states and regions have different power. I pay at my house about, what, 13 cents to 14 cents per kilowatt hour. Okay. So to charge a lightning, and I calculated this, it would be about $20. And if you want to play along at home, you can, actually. Yes. So grab your calculator, or if you're smarter than me, grab a pencil and a piece of paper, and take 131 kilowatt hours, or thereabouts. Now yes. it's going to change. And, and when we say 131, we're assuming you are at zero, nothing, and you're going to full. And multiply that times the cost of your electricity. 15 cents. So yeah, let's use 0.15, 15 cents, $19.65. Boom, to- done. But you're not going to be fully charging it because unless you are no. uh, some person. Unless you want to be there for a day. Let's say you're going to regularly drive it down to 50% state of charge. Yes. So let's let's just use like 65 times 15 cents per kilowatt hour. You're going to be at 9.75. So at home, it's not too expensive no. relative to gasoline. And if you have solar. It could be free. Pretty darn cheap. Because, well, not free because it, it probably costs you something to put solar in your house. Y- well, yeah. Right? It and, could be. And then it gets way more complicated because in some areas, right, like, oh, my goodness, you have surge pricing. And, like, it might be more expensive in the day than at the night. And the Ford actually allows you to uh, schedule, schedule, schedule charging yeah. so you can schedule it to be when it's the cheapest. So very cool stuff. Now, in the public arena, we also it's, don't have an way, answer. Yeah. Well, but <laughs> it's more expensive. Let's yeah. talk about EA because we use it most. 
on our trip. Um, so if you're a member, if you're a monthly member of the Electrify America, right? Which is like a few bucks a month, right? It's like four. Not it's, it's very inexpensive. It's yeah. like what is it? Four or something? Ten dollars a month? Yep. Something I don't. It's something I low. Know that. It's something low. I don't know. I think it's in your app. So, anyways, then your energy is about thirty-one cents per kilowatt hour. So you're doubling. Yeah, in the stations that we've been using. Yes. But that once again, that depends on the state and the jurisdiction. Yeah. For so, example, in Nebraska, they were charging us per minute. Yeah, that sucks. Which was, but but it was cheaper. No, but it's the oh man. What? Oh, what? I hate the per minute thing. What? The per minute's real CD. So some uh, electrical um, companies will have things that say, oh, we have to charge you per minute. Whoa, well, then you got to be real smart because you want to be charging where it's the fastest in the battery pack. Batteries charge super slowly from 90 to 100%. Yeah, yeah. Like this thing could probably take an hour to go from 90 to 100. Yeah. It's, Whereas yeah. 0 to 80 might also take 45 minutes or an hour, right? So you can 80% of charge in an hour or 10%, depending on how smart you are. So first of all, you have to be smart about that. And then I hate the per minute because it disadvantages folks with slower charging cars because then you're paying more because yes. your car is not capable. But yeah, so last station I went to here in Colorado, 31 cents per kilowatt hour if you remember, 43 cents per kilowatt hour if you weren't a member. Yes. Um, and that's also depends on taxes and road fees. So sometimes yeah. there's more money on top of that. But So that could be $40 to refill your lightning or $50 to refill your lightning depending on how much you're paying, right? So we just did this video and I'm not gonna, well, I, now, now I'm breaking my promise. I'll tell you, we, we did this cool video where we drove 160 miles with four truck trucks and yeah. then filled them up. The lightning was like 25 bucks to fill up after driving. For 160 miles. And that was at a, uh, a fast charger. Uh -huh. Yeah, so that's what that was. And then the last thing we should talk about with lightning is the onboard power. Yes. So we have a Ford F-150 um, power boost here and a Lightning. They both have the onboard power, 7.2 kilowatts on um, the 240 in, in volt. In the bed, yeah. And then the Lightning is more on the front. Yes. And we actually fully charged up an EV, our Mini Cooper SE, that I accidentally ran completely out of power, accidentally on purpose. And um, it was very cool. We actually were able to recover the electric car using... By charging. Yeah, and it didn't use that much of the Lightning battery. We still had over 70%. And then... Uh, I could drive the electric car 115 miles. Or, and the truck, too, because the truck... Oh, the truck so, you could drive so a couple hundred miles. We have miles. a detailed video of this on TFL EV coming. That so. was a horrible explanation. But the fact is, a lot of onboard power, super useful. I think they said you can power your house for three days if you had a complete blackout, and up to 10 days if you're dealing with rolling blackouts. That's yeah. how much onboard energy there yeah. is. Yeah, and for your house, to power your house, Ford is also selling you uh, this Station Pro, yeah, what they call that's it. that's right. Uh, which is about $1,300, but it was included with a Lariat. Yep. But we don't have it. No. When we were at the dealer, they said, call Sunrun. Uh, Ford is partnering with Sunrun, which is a solar company, to install your chargers at your home yep. or your office. Um, so we don't have it yet. So we don't know exactly how much it costs. But we're probably going to install it at the ranch. So yeah. when we're doing videos this winter on our barn, if we get blackouts, we can run off the lightning, which is yeah. pretty cool. So, so far, really great experience. Fantastic. Uh, and super good towing. Uh, Acceleration is amazing. We still need to do a lot more detailed towing range tests. Yeah. That's coming up very because shortly. Because you guys want us to do. So we will be doing a lot more of that. And also a little bit more um, semi-autonomous driving Oh, yes. Because we have full-on Super Cruise against Blue Cruise coming up. Yeah. That'll be that, fun. That's coming very soon. So thank you for joining us for this episode. Uh, as always, alltfl.com is where you can find everything automotive in one place. And, of course, TFL Talk right here. Uh, our YouTube channel and also podcast anywhere you can get your podcasts you can listen to us when you drive in your truck 
Very cool. See you on the next one. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.